We are incredibly honored and uh, just so blessed to have uh, the Womacks with us today, Craig and Joy Womack. They've been missionaries to five different countries over 26 years, and um, God has blessed their ministry tremendously. Um, and Friendship Church was one of the uh, churches that picked them up when they were first going into the mission field. So we have been partnering with them their whole missions career, and it is my honor and privilege to welcome the Womacks to the platform. Would you welcome them this morning? Yes, it's incredible to think that 26 years ago, we started this journey. We had a little five and two-year-old, and we came through this church, and this church has a, has always had a heart for missions, and they took us on for support and have been with us, and we just say thank you. You know, sometimes when you do give your offering to missions, you're not really realizing the impact that your offering and your pledge is making on people around the world because you guys support a lot of missionaries in many places of the world. And everywhere that we are able to go, we are able to take this gospel message and be that connection. And you're having a part of that with us, even though you're not over there with us. And by the way, anytime any of you want to come, you're more than welcome. The country that we are in right now is actually a group of islands. Do you have that slide of the map of the Canary Islands? If you have it, it's, it's on your desktop, but I don't know where she put it. <laughs> it's there. There it is. Okay. I wanted you to see where we're located. We are um, in the Atlantic Ocean. We are right off of the coast of Morocco. And we are a group of seven islands, two million people on these seven islands. The island that we live on is the one that Craig says looks like a pork chop. It's kind of right there in the middle. (laughs) It is the largest of the islands. It has a million people on it. And these islands are um, beautiful. They are uh, volcanic, live volcanic islands. I was like, so when was the last time this volcano erupted? And they're like, oh, over 100 years ago. We're like, oh, great. (laughs) Probably time for it again. (laughs) But these islands are beautiful in their own way. They um, are desert islands, volcanic island. Many people from many parts of the world like to come. Tourism is a big part of of their income there on the islands. But tucked up away in all of the the hills and the villages, the people of the Canary Islands today are very lost people. There's only 1% of the people that are on those islands that are true believers and following after Christ. And so being able to bring a point of contact, a, a light that can impact another person's life is so, so important. And, you know, that's what the Lord's will is for each one of us. And one thing I just wanted to encourage you guys this morning is wherever you are right now, that's where God wants you to be. And you have to think to yourself, okay, so then what is it that God is wanting of me? Why am I where I'm at right now? And it's very easy. He wants us to make him known. He wants us, he wants you, Annie, to be that point of contact, that point of light that can lead other people to know Jesus Christ. And so that is our goal on these islands as well. Um, I do want to just briefly tell you about our family as we did start off. I don't know if anyone is here that remembers our little kids, but of course they're all grown up now. 
Our oldest son actually lives there in Casablanca, Morocco. Um, him and his wife are teachers at an American school, and that's where our two little grandchildren, five and two-year-old, they live there. Our daughter is a missionary associate, and she lives in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And then our youngest son is in college, and he's down in Corpus Christi. And so when we're in the Canary Islands, we are, our family's on four continents. So try to get us all together. That's a, that's a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> But I, I, I praise God for everything that he has done in our lives, all the places that, that he took us. We started off in, in Jerusalem, and we were then in, in Jordan. That's where we raised our family. Our youngest son was born there. Then we were in Egypt. And then after 17 years of being in the Middle East, the Lord moved us to Europe. And we were in Madrid, Spain, for a full term. And now this last, now three years ago, we arrived in the Canary Islands. Um, the Canary Islands has... Um, a big need, and we need to get back. Um, we were actually not scheduled to be back right now, but um, the enemy was attacking us in in many different areas. And um, just seemed like one thing after another was was happening, but we've been in this for... 26 years now and the enemy is not going to win and he is defeated and he wants to build his church and all he's asking of all of us is that we would just simply be his vessels and that we would obey and that we would do what he asked us to do and so I I wanted to just share with you that the ministry is is vital and the burden is big and we can't do it without you we are running a Bible school there, and Craig's going to share with you just briefly a little bit more about that, and we're working with church planting. And so I have a, a short video that we've put together that just shows you a little bit of what the Canary Islands look like, um, our students that are in our Bible schools, and the churches that we are working with, the evangelism that is taking place. And I just want you to be encouraged that, that your giving towards this ministry is not in vain, that God is working and he is reaching people in the Canary Islands. You can go ahead and play that video. God is uh, doing some wonderful things in, the, in places that uh, possibly we've never seen or will ever go. But he's doing it because of people who have one God and faith in Jesus Christ and who are willing to give, go, and uh, obey the Lord. Amen? I am uh, excited today to be able to come and to share with you in this church about uh, what God is doing, and I have a message I want to bring uh, to you this morning. But I wonder if I could get three guys, or girls, or gals, or women, <laughs> to help me out right quick. I got, uh, I've got some prayer cards that I want to make available to you. And um, these are an invaluable little tool you may think, oh, it's just a piece of paper with uh, ink on it. Well, yeah, it is, but it's an invaluable tool. It helps us to be able to uh, uh, solicit prayer because, you know, nothing changes without prayer. Huh? Nothing changes without prayer. At home and especially on the foreign field. And so we do need your prayers, and if you could... 
if you could just take this and use it as just a point of contact when you see it and uh, just say a prayer. Lord, help those people. Help those people in the Canary Islands. And uh, we would be so grateful to you for, for mentioning us in prayer. Um, we're, um, we're excited about what God's doing. I want to share with you two ministries that are, are really very heavy. And uh, not, they're not burdensome because the, Lord, the Lord's burdens are not, are not heavy like we, like we think of in human terms. But they, they're a joy. It's a joy to serve the Lord, a joy, a privilege to serve him. And we serve him in two ways on those islands. We have the uh, Instituto Biblico de las Islas Canarias there. It's just a Bible institute. And uh, in that Bible institute, we have... 90 students from um, all over the world, really, but people who live on that island. 90 students in seven locations on four different islands. We're wanting to put, uh, we're wanting to put one on every island, and that's a goal. Uh, but uh, we need your prayers to make that happen. We also need, uh, we need the Lord to help us with a little bit of cash <laughs> in order to see that happen as well. But we have 90 students, and these students range from all ages, 16 to 65. We have one, one young man and his wife. He's driven as a taxi driver for 40 years and retired. But he's planning a church right now in an area called Los Obrigos. It's on the beach right down in a village and God is using him and his wife to spread kindness and the love of God to people in that village who have had all kinds of reasons and excuses to blame God for every problem they have. Now, I'm not saying they're legitimate because many people have excuses to blame God for their problems in life. But uh, the problems that we have... Nine times out of ten, or ten times out of ten, are the problems that we have, not God. God loves us, and uh, he has not sent bad things for us. And so we have six churches that I want to just mention that we are working with. And uh, Pastor Paco is uh, in Los Abrigos with his wife, Nena, and they are planting a church there. It's about a year old. And um, God is doing some good things there. People being baptized and uh, uh, people being saved and set free from addictions and so forth and so on. We have uh, uh, we have churches in in San Miguel. If you if you want to do a Google search, you can find these places: San Miguel, Guía de Esora, Adeje, Los Abrigos, Guimar, and Alcala. These are some of the, the key areas that we are putting uh, an effort, a foot, fo- uh, a, a foot forward on those islands. There's no evangelical works in any of these villages. And these are the first of their kind. And we're believing God for a harvest of souls, just like your pastor is believing that you are going to have a great Easter. It sounds like you will. 
we're believing the same thing, that this year is a year of uh, turning the corner for many of us in the, on, on those islands. I um, want to share with you that uh, um, we have one church. If I can just share this story with you before I break for uh, the pastor to come back. We have a church in uh, an area called Guimar. Now, Guimar doesn't sound like anything to you, maybe. Maybe it's just a foreign-sounding name. But this is the witchcraft capital of the island. And uh, witchcraft is a very big industry on those islands. And one of our pastors had the burden upon his heart, Pastor Zoe, to go up into that village and to plant a church. And he was met with a lot of resistance. There were a lot of threats, and a lot of people said, you'll never make it here. We, we don't want your God. And um, he said, but well, we're going to come anyway. And they went. And it's been a hard fight for almost two years now that they have been uh, fighting spiritual battles and spiritual oppression and demonic possession. And, and God is beginning to give them victory in the camp. How many can say amen? God gives victory. <laughs> Where there is no God, God wants to be raised up. He said, if you raise me up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so we thank God that in that little village of Guimar, witchcraft capital of the island, that God is establishing his family there to be a point of light. Amen? And I want to tell you, you're a part of that. Through us, you're a part of that. God is driving back the darkness. And I am here today, my wife and I are here today to ask you to continue to push back the darkness with us. With his strength. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'll ask our ushers to come back up for a moment. <clears throat> Scripture talks about those who are in darkness have seen a great light and a light has dawned upon them. And, and when you are finally, when you finally see the light, you are finally, uh, you see the truth and it changes you. And so regardless of how dark the darkness may be, the light is stronger. And so we're thankful for the gospel. Uh, those who will go into those darkest places that God has called them to and preach the gospel and share the gospel. So we thank you. This offering is going to go towards the needs of the Womax uh, for their, they have to raise not only a monthly budget, but also a cash budget um, for the work that they do. So anything you give in this offering will go towards that. You can give online, uh, friendshipchurch.cc, just mark it either Womax or Canary, we'll know what that means. Um, you can also text to give. Um, the information's on the slide. So if you can't give right this minute, that's okay. This week, sometime, if the Lord puts it on your heart and you can do it, then do it. Let's pray, and uh, we'll go from there. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to be investing in this uh, ministry.
that is seeing lives changed and people transformed, people we will never most likely meet on this side of heaven, but they are being changed and transformed by the power of the gospel. And even the most darkest, even the darkest places, the most difficult places, Lord, uh, we thank you that your spirit can pierce those hearts and reveal the truth of the gospel to them. And so, Father, we thank you that you have blessed us so we can be a blessing to others and help us be a blessing to the Womacks as they continue their ministry in the Canary Islands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your generosity. Brother Craig. Thank you, Pastor Jason. Amen. I want to uh, spend a few minutes speaking to you out of a chapter of, of scripture that has become very meaningful meaningful to me and I believe that it will be to you as well it's found in the book of Judges and it's in the sixth chapter of Judges and um, yes we we're a New Testament church but did you know that all the New Testament came from the old <laughs> and um God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still God. And uh, I want to read uh, the first seven verses of chapter 6, and then we'll pick and choose after that, but uh, for for the sake of time. Now, this was a particular time in in, the history of Israel, okay? So the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. This is after they'd already been... Rescued out of Egypt, okay? And uh, for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. That was their enemy. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. And whenever, uh, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded their country or the country, and they camped on the, on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza, which is on the seacoast, and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and and they, like swarms, it says in verse 5, it was impossible to count them or, or their camels because there were so many of them. Midian so impoverished the Israelites, verse 6, they cried out to the Lord for help. That's important. That's a key verse. They were oppressed. And they couldn't turn to anyone except God. Because God is the only one who can step in and intervene when we are oppressed. Verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Notice how God is reminding them through the prophet of what he has already done for them in their history. 
I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all, of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. In other words, the Lord was telling them, everything you have is because of me, and everything you have is because I have destroyed your enemy before you. Hmm? That's what God was saying. And let me tell you something, friends. That's what God's saying today as well. Okay? So, when the angel of the Lord came, verse 11, and sat down under an oak tree in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, that was the uh, father of Gideon, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. This is where we find, this is where we find the warrior, Gideon, hiding in a wine press, not making wine, but threshing wheat. <laughs> okay. Why? Because the Midianites were after their wheat. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, think with me about that. Here's Gideon. He's hiding from the Lord. Oh, not hiding from the Lord, but he's hiding from his enemies. Because the enemies were after their food after their livelihood, after their money. And the Lord appears to him and says, Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon probably turned and said, who, me? Me? Who am I? In fact, he did say that to the Lord, to the angel of the Lord. In the, in the very next chapter or the very next uh, section, he says, verse 15, he says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? Because the Lord said, I'm sending you, Gideon. Go in your strength. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. So we obviously know how Gideon felt about himself. He felt really small. He felt really insignificant. Huh? But he couldn't do anything about the fact that God, the, the God of, of Moses, the God of Noah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was standing before him by virtue of the prophet and this angel of the Lord saying, go in the strength that you have and deliver the people from their enemy. That was an amazing uh, request of the Lord because Gideon's saying, hey, wait a minute, Lord, I'm from the weakest family of the smallest tribe. My, my pedigree isn't Moses and Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My, I'm one of the littlest grains of sand that God promised Abraham. But yet the Lord was looking at Gideon and saying, Have I not called you? Have I, have I not sent you? Go in your strength. Go in your strength. 
Because when we go in the strength that God has given us, he will always show up. Because he doesn't rely upon your strength. He doesn't rely upon your wealth. He relies totally upon your obedience. Amen? Hey, listen, this had to get through my thick head before I could, before I could preach it, because let me tell you something. I, I'm a Gideon. Probably 99% of us in here are Gideons. We kind of we, we look around and we say, well, there's, there's people with more talent. There's people with more uh, resources. There's people with, with uh, greater gifts. But he wasn't calling those people. He was calling Gideon from the smallest family in the smallest tribe. <laughs> Why? Because God wants to show himself faithful and strong to everyone who will dare to believe that God is God. Now, you can look through this story, and you can see really quick that, uh, <clears throat> that, that uh, you know, Gideon was a young man who grew up hearing about the stories of old, okay? He remembers hearing the stories of how they were delivered out of the, the Red Sea, and he remembers hearing the stories because the, the Israelites would have told that to their, to their sons and their daughters, their grandsons, granddaughters, so forth and so on. So generations of Israelites had heard the stories. But these, this generation that Gideon was in had not experienced it. If you look at the story there, you can see it in the context that, Lord, if this is really you, why, why all this? Why are people suffering? Why is there sickness? Why is there coronavirus? Why, 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 why? We have all this, all these questions for God, don't we? But God's not concerned about any of that stuff. He's not concerned about the coronavirus. He's not concerned about any of that kind of thing. He simply wants to remind you this morning, have I not been with you? Have I not gone before you? Have I not strengthened you? How did you arrive to this moment in time in this place this morning? All because of the strength of the Lord. Amen? So the Lord looks at us today, and, and, and I'm sure that we could probably retrospectively look at ourselves and say, we're just a few people in this place this morning. Yes, we are. We are just a few people. But God is greater than the sum number of our parts. Amen? And he's asked you and I to do something, and that is to go to the nations, to herald his name. You thought that, you thought that story was over with Jonah? No. There's still people who need to be reached. There's still people who need to be saved. 
And God told John, God told Gideon, go in your strength. <laughs> what do you mean? The strength, strength is all Jonah had. I mean, all, all Gideon had. Sorry, I'm not. That's all Gideon had. He didn't have anything else. You think about Moses. When he got up to the burning bush, God said, Moses, what is that in your hand? He said, it's just a stick. Where's a staff? He said, throw it on the ground. God told Moses, throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And the Lord was showing him that he was the one who had the power to transform that stick into something that Pharaoh would respect. Hmm? So what is it you have in your hand today? Or what is it that you have, Gideon? And where are you hiding? And why are you hiding? Is it not God who has called us? Is it not God who has delivered us from the hand of the enemy? Huh? Amen. Each and every one of you have a story that is particular for you and how God's mercy has gone before you. Remember. That's what, that's what the Lord was telling Gideon. Remember. It's not about your strength. It's not about what you have. It's not about even what you don't have. We say, oh, Lord, but if I had a million dollars, I could do a lot of things for you, Lord. How many people have said that? And how many have gotten a million dollars? <laughs> Some, maybe. But it's not about you. It's not about your money. It's not about what you have, what you don't have this morning. And let me tell you something. This is exactly where I'm at. Because if I had money and if I had all these kind of things, I could do a lot of things on those islands. But you know what I have? All I have is my faith in my God who strengthens me and who provides for us. And that's all we need. So what is it you have this morning? Do you have the faith to believe God? Do you really have faith to believe God? Where God says that we cannot please him unless we have faith. We want to be pleasing to God. We have to have faith. So the Lord is asking you, what do you have this morning that you could give to him that he can make uh, a blessing for others. Amen. You see, me, I, I don't have nothing. They say in, in Spain, no tenga la pasta. But it's not about that, is it? <laughs> it's about what God wants to do. So we know the, the rest of the story of Gideon, and I'll I'll run through it right quick just simply because it's a great story and there's probably a a hundred sermons in this chapters, these two chapters. But I'm going to give it back to to the pastor here in just a moment. But I'm going. I want to just to remind you of what God did through Gideon. Yeah, Gideon had his doubts. 
Gideon went through a process. He didn't immediately believe God. He set out fleeces. God, if this is really you, he was probably assembly of God. God, if this is really you, uh, it needs to be wet tomorrow morning, and then the next day it needs to be dry. So, so, so Gideon went through the process of, of doubt and faith and believing God. And, and we all go through those processes of, uh, of doubting. And, and sometimes our faith is up, and sometimes it's not But what God was trying to tell Gideon through this story and what he's trying to tell you and I today is that you'll never have enough. You may have faith today, but tomorrow maybe not. He has to be all sufficient. Sometimes we don't have anything but just the mention of his name. Sometimes we have no human strength. But the angel of the Lord told Gideon, he said, go in the strength you do have. The strength to get out of bed? Get up and believe God. You have the strength to believe God for your next meal? Get up and believe God. Go in the strength that you do have. Now, I'm talking to a bunch of people in here who are just like me, I realize. And at at our hearts, we are like Gideon. We, we, We can easily identify the talent in other people. And say, why don't you call that one? Why don't you, why don't you send that one? Why don't you use that one? But God is personal. And he looks at you and says, will you, will you go? What do you have? What do you have that you can give God that he can turn into a blessing for others? You say, but I don't have anything. Oh, yes, you do. You have something. You have the strength that you have today. You have what you've been given today. God is all sufficient. He doesn't need anything but your obedience. And so I'm speaking to a bunch of people in here like me, I know. I don't come from a family of great faith warriors or, or I'm, not, I'm not known on television or any of that kind of thing. Big deal. God is God. And he's asking for you and I to be willing to submit ourselves to him. And allow him to do a miracle in our land like he did in the day of Gideon. You remember the rest of the story, don't you? You remember how Gideon, he had to whittle his army down from 24,000 down to 300 men to stand off against another army of about 20,000 plus men with 300 men, broken pots and little trumpets. How intimidating. But it wasn't about Gideon or his army or his weapons. Because the word of God says that when 
he finally mustered up the faith to step out against the enemy, 300 men against 20,000-plus enemy, well-equipped, well-trained. The Spirit of God went with them and went before them. And that's what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that that God goes before us, he goes with us, and and he brings up the rear guard. Amen? He doesn't leave a flank exposed. And the, that enemy literally jumped out of their tents and left their land, and they drove them out, and they slaughtered many of them because they were the enemy that God told them to do so. And a great miracle took place just because of one young man named Gideon who was willing to say, okay, Lord, um, Okay, Lord. So let me ask you this question in closing. Where does the Lord have you? Where, where, where does the Lord find you at today? Are you hiding like Gideon? Are you trying to just blend into the crowd so that you won't be noticed? But the truth of the matter is, is that God knows each and every one of us by name. And his word says that before you were formed in your mother's belly, he knew your name. And so he's a personal God. And he knows each and every one of you who are his creation. And he's calling for a commitment from you. What do you have to give him? Where does he find you today? Are there things looming large in your mind? Fears? What if this? What if that? Put your hand in the Lord's hand and let him lead your way. That's what the Lord's asking you to do today. And the Lord has sent me here today because he loves you so much to tell you this story, which you already know probably from Sunday school or growing up, but just to remind you again that he is the same God, the beginning, the middle, and the end. What have you got to lose to put your faith and trust in him? You have nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Maybe some of you are in here today and you're you're saying, "I, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm kind of on the outs with God right now. I'm not really, um, where I need to be with the Lord right now? You don't think he knows that? Of course he does. But like Gideon, he's asking you, will you be willing to put your life in my hands again? Will you be willing to allow the Spirit of God to do something new in your life and to bring about blessing. Scripture says that 
what the devil meant for evil. You know that verse? What the devil meant for evil, God will turn for your good. Hmm? So what have you got to lose? Nothing but worry. I want you to stand with me, would you? I'm talking to everyone in here to this morning. Yeah, musicians, if you're ready, you can come back. But I, I'm, I'm talking to everyone in here, and I want you to know that God loves you so much He was willing to have all these experiences through all the scriptures and the stories to get to this point today to remind you he's never forsaken you. He's never left you. He's always been good to you. He's not about to be anything different than good. Amen? Why do we live today as if tomorrow we may wake up and God's not going to be good? God is good. And he wants to show his goodness and his kindness to you. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, um, well, well, Pastor Craig or Pastor Jason, uh, I need to make my life right with God. Well, then now is your time because that's why I'm here. That's why the Lord has sent me. It's not about me. It's not about your pastor. It's about what is God wanting to accomplish And he gives us certain appointments throughout our lives, turning points, where we can submit ourselves to him. Amen? If you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, Brother Craig, I I really need to get right with the Lord. There's There's some bitterness. There's some things in my heart. I really need to get right with God. And let me tell you something. You'll know if it's you because the Holy Spirit will have already reminded you. If that's what the Spirit of God is telling you this morning, then you're the Gideon he wants to speak to. And so I'm asking of you right now. If you're sensing the Holy Spirit moving on your heart, Maybe it's another, uh, another, another thing. Maybe it's not necessarily being away from God, but it's maybe you haven't completely given everything. If you're here this morning and the Lord is speaking to you, I want you to come down here. What is God saying? What is God saying? saying, I'll be the God that you've heard about in days gone by. I'll be that God. But I want to show you today. I want to walk with you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just lift your hands up with me?
to the Lord, would you? Can we just invite him to, uh, to walk in this room? He's here, but we want him to come fully in. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in the lives of people here. I thank you, God, for the things that you're doing in the lives of people on those islands and all over the world. Father God, help us to be faithful. Help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit that we would respond to you when you call, when you speak. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We magnify your name, Lord. Walk these aisles. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're wanting to do and what you're wanting to accomplish. Lord, it begins right here in me. It begins right here in my heart. I give it to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.